Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. Oh, we have another boxing movie in our fighting movies series that we are talking about all March long. But you know, it's a little bit of a twist on a boxing movie. This is not your man-to-man or woman-to-woman or person-to-person boxing match. This is robot-to-robot boxing. Robot Wars! Does everybody remember Robot Wars? Robot Wars was great. Bunch of weird, nerdy people stuck up in a high gantry doing the little remote controls while Dr. Crusher or whatever he was called would smash up all the robots in that caged arena. And it would all be very, very fun. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, probably, who's listening to this. Janine hasn't got a clue what I'm talking about. But this movie was as close to a Robot Wars movie as I think we're ever going to get. Because this is robot boxing, and this is real steel. Yeah. 2011, the Hugh Jackman robot boxing movie. Everybody remembers that, I'm sure. Yes, people actually really love this movie. Um, It's a movie that definitely could have been, like, I think maybe generally you just kind of look at the premise and could automatically just assume it's like a cheesy kind of family type film. But then you watch it. Yes, something to that vein. But then you watch it and people actually really enjoy this movie and actually feel like emotional about (laughs) certain aspects of it. Um. And if you kind of just look like at who's involved, we have executive producers, Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis. Um, yes. Men known for really invoking uh, wonder and childhood kind of emotion and family film type emotions. <laughs> uh, and true. directed by Sean Levy, who would go on to do Stranger Things, which is steeped with uh, childhood kind of fantasy and and uh emotion and all of that and you know sci-fi elements so um yeah i definitely think this movie does take itself as you had mentioned to me before we started the show this movie is a movie you wouldn't expect to take itself as seriously as it does um and has like a lot of heart to be kind of just this movie that in in any other hands could really have come off as just a very cheesy kind of family film i think it really does it it, it very much surprised me and i i like the variation we've had in our fighting movies so (laughs) far i really do that's always the goal with these series (laughs) um and i think we'll we'll carry on with quite a bit of variation really certainly in in terms of style and aesthetic perhaps and, and tone yes but the three we've covered so far couldn't have been more different from each other, really. Blood Sports, obviously, not a children's movie, but a, a deeply silly movie. Yeah. Southpaw was so, so dramatically intense. Yes, it got pretty very, dark. Very, yes, very dark, very powerful. But also, and also very much to our typical kind of... Uh, uh, kind of style of a boxing movie very much yeah. to, the, to that format was the word I was yeah. looking for. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. This movie is what you said, it's a, it's a almost a sci-fi family movie. It's not a not a not an immature movie. It's far from a silly movie. 
And for some reason, I always assumed this was a little bit of a silly movie. You know, having not obviously watched the movie, but being aware of the movie. And certainly I remember it, I remember when it came out and being aware of the movie when it came out. And I kind of viewed it as, what, what, what is this? You know, yeah. <laughs> robots fighting each other. This is just Robot Wars. Now, Robot Wars was a silly television show where literally teams of people would just build robots and they, they would have the little remote controls and it was just a fight. It, you know, whoever's robot won and won the day, but there would be saboteur robots in the ring. This is what... <laughs> I forget what they were called, but I'm sure they, it was like Dr. Crusher yeah, or something like that. And there was just this big, hulking, spiky behemoth of a robot in the middle of the thing that would just go around, come with this big metal sort of hammer thing with a big spike on it. And the commentator would be like, oh, no, Dr. Crusher's coming. <laughs> smack, smack, smack with this hammer. Let's And then let's drag the and scrape the, the poor, weak uh, contestant's robot into the pit of fire. And it would literally be like a pit of fire yeah. <laughs> in the middle of this cage. <laughs> Um, it was very interesting. Fun. I was expecting, yeah. <laughs> I was expecting this movie to have these kind of rather over the top, silly, very much, yes, very transformery kind of feeling uh, plot points, but yeah. you know, still very and kind I... of light and fun and uh, not as very emotional, maybe as you expected, not of a kind of boxing movie format as maybe you expected. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, yeah. this is. <laughs> For uh, this is this is formatted. This is stylistically a boxing movie through and through. Also, this is just a funny an underdog story. Yes, this is um, a father and son story. This is a very very dramatic. Like, I'm actually this movie. If you think about it, there's actually a lot of elements very similar to Southpaw in this movie. <laughs> Stupidly, there is an estranged <laughs> father tries to win back his child. Um, the montage of our robot getting into training is done to an Eminem song. <laughs> it is, it is, and so was Southmore. <clears throat> um, there's, there's not quite as, and and that and the child aspect of our <laughs> you know, protagonist having a strained relationship with the child. Although I think the uh, <clears throat> the father daughter relationship in in Southmore's quite a lot more wholesome on on the side of the daughter because the daughter never really you know they 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 love each other to begin with and yes, in this movie yes. they don't they kind they, of have they don't to grow to that other. yeah <clears throat> um but there is actually which is a strange thing to say but then again it is through and through a boxing movie like we've said so there's going to be formula points that play across in in both movies there but as you said I, I I viewed this movie as a little bit of a Transformers movie. Robots fighting each other. And I think this was probably because this was 2011 and Transformers movies were probably at the height of their financial power. Yes. So, I mean, um, and also this movie is set in the year 2020. Uh, it is. So some, like, very futuristic, futuristic kind of feeling elements in there um, in terms of kind of technology that we see in the movie. So, you know, like these clear, these clear uh, digital screens and phones like that. And, yeah, <laughs> I always I always hate clear digital screens. I hope 
they never actually happen because they haven't yeah. happened have they have they happened do you see yeah screens outside of movies no no because and who wants to you're, you're everyone can see your business <laughs> everyone will see what you're Precisely. working on what you're doing like <laughs> nobody wants that no it what looks if, cool but work, I don't... looking at shady things right not that you shouldn't be doing <laughs> that at work no but, but you still... know just if you were Yes. Who wants a clear screen? Everyone can see what you look Nobody. At. Yeah. Nobody wants that. I don't know why. In theory, it's cool, but. <laughs> why futuristic movies always seem to put them in. Avatar. Avatar's full of them. Yes. Ah, I think Minority Report had things. Minority like that. Report. Oh my God. Steven Spielberg. Like, he's just like, what? it was probably his idea. Let's put some clear screens in there. Look like the future. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, possibly. Back was. to the Future have a clear screen. <laughs> don't back to the Future have a clear screen. In Back yeah, to like the Future's 2015, they had holograms. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember necessarily any clear screens, but they definitely had holograms. Anyway, it that's it. It was that kind of Transformers thing that you were vibe kind of Transformers aesthetic yeah. that I was expecting from this movie and i'm i'm very glad it, it didn't go that direction because you know i'm i'm not really into that kind of overblown movie i don't yeah. mind over the top movies you know this i don't mind yes. you know crude movies at times but I kind of action cgi action orgies the top. <laughs> where I you can't like... really tell what's going on and um yeah. you know the heart of it feels a very hollow and uh it all just feels very cash grabby without too much substance uh yeah. like the first transformers film just to kind of you know go off of what, <laughs> the comparison uh it felt like you know there was a, maybe more heart in there because of the nostalgia of it um and then kind of the the, the franchise uh, devolved into and it's still going definitely yes devolved into this kind of you know mindless action with no true heart to it so um i can understand why you would be expecting something like that with this just kind of based off of the pure premise yeah. um, of this movie but then yeah and that's like fine. looking into yeah but looking at yeah. I, but and uh, i would hope you would think i wouldn't make you watch a movie like that <laughs> uh, well that, that is a fair point but i mean you know mindless action is absolutely fine yes. when it's not I think when it's not on a big scale when it's on a small scale Bloodsport but you know it's, it's nonsense the action in Bloodsport the fighting in Bloodsport is absolutely nonsense but it's not cities exploding you know it's people fighting each other and so with Transformers it, it's, it's as well, made more reasonable. The first movie did that, and I think a lot of people have fun with the first movie. But then, so we've seen that already. Then every other movie after that, doing the same exact thing, yeah. then it becomes mindless to the point where it's not fun because I'm like, I already saw this, and now you're showing it to me again, and now you're showing it to me again, and now you're showing it to me like a fourth time, like and a seventh time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will say though that there is a visual similarity at times between real steel and a transformers movie in the sense that in the color of it there's a lot of yeah, teal and really, orange yes it's really bright and uh very kind of uh 
shinily toned. I, I don't know. Shinily like, I, toned is a I fantastic way of putting I, like, it. I, I, could, I didn't know how to describe it. Like, it looked very crisp and bright. Um, it's teal and orange. Yeah. There's a teal mm-hmm. and orange tint to everything, which makes it look like a Transformers movie and or like the cinematic filter on your phone. Yes, yes. Which I don't love the look of. So I, as far as this movie looks, I kind of really don't like the way it looks. It looks like the movie it doesn't want to be. And it, it shouldn't. It should look more industrial, I think. Yeah, I think it should look more grey. Um, and I think it would be treated from the outside as the serious movie that it is, had it looked like that. But I believe it was a fairly successful movie. So who am I to say anything? Well, yeah, I, I, was... <laughs> I, I just think it would have it would have matched the actual tone of the movie for it not to vis- visually look like a Transformers movie. I think that's fair, but I think yeah, they knew the success of those movies, so obviously yeah. let's let's get butts and seats by making it, our movie really. look like that. Yeah, um, because were. even though you know people kind of hate on those movies, they did still make money, which is why they continue stunning to be amount of money. Um, but yeah, like I when I I had this movie on my my Voodoo account where you know you can buy movies, rent movies, all kinds of stuff, and when I was scrolling through all of my owned movies in my Voodoo. This was the first movie I bought on Von Voodoo. The very first movie. Yeah. <laughs> the first nice streaming movie <laughs> that I bought. So, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a record break, a record holder. Yeah, because I think Voodoo was the stream. first time I started buying movie streaming. That was the, my first kind of thing with that, using digital codes from DVDs and putting them on Voodoo and all of that. Ah, um, okay. So, Real Steel was the first streaming movie that I saw on a streaming service and bought. <laughs> you you know you are speaking to me here and um, Mr. Physical Copy. Yes. <laughs> yes, and you're just like, nah. I so, bought yeah. a streaming movie. Because yeah. you've not, Janine. It can be taken off now and you can't do anything about it. I could download it. No, you know it wouldn't be allowed. It's there. You think you've bought it, but no, it can be taken off at any given opportunity. If you own that disc, you own that disc. Even if the license to sell that disc expires, who the hell's going to come and tell you to stop watching it? The the Blu-ray police. There's no such thing. They're not going to yes, go to yes, everybody I'm and not... say, you're not allowed to watch this I am... anymore. That, that make... company doesn't hold the license. On the daily, you make me heartbroken that I have stopped being a media, a, a physical media collector. I bought movies all the time. I researched which copies had the best cases and special features. And I was very into physical media. And then the, the just the ease of... And like it, like it started. Like I downloaded the app to get a streaming thing because I would get movies with digital codes in them, yeah. So that I could also have just that backup copy. That's but then fair. when I that's saw fair. that you could just buy a movie on streaming and it was like a really good price, whatever, and it was maybe like a movie that I didn't really care about having a bunch of special features for, maybe. Then that and the laziness of it and the ease of it and getting it just so quickly, it just took over. But now I'm I'm really sad that like I'm not a physical media collector any longer. No, it's never <laughs> too late to start. I stopped collecting them for a, for a few years, a good few years. 
but obviously got back into it in the last couple of years and I, yeah. I, I love doing it. I, yes, I really, check really out Morgan's uh, physical media collection videos on our on our YouTube channel. He does great videos detailing his collection. So, um, yes. yes. So now I'm on a mission to getting copies of movies that I really, really love. So I have like movies that I really, really love on streaming, but I'm I'm really trying to, you know, get good. Good. Yes. Anyway, that's not a conversation <laughs> about real steel, is it? Let's yeah, talk no, it is not. This movie. Yeah. What this movie does best is its core relationship. The fact it is a father and son story, but not one that comes across as formulaic. Not one that comes across as cheeseball, even though it kind of is. It's it's predictable it's typical but i think it really really works i think it's a very very strong build of a relationship um between obviously hugh jackman is our protagonist here he is you know the the father in this father and son robot boxing team yeah um and his son has been well the 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 mother has has died yeah, so this um, was somebody that Charlie, Hugh Jackman's character, had dated years ago. Yeah. She had a child with him, but he relinquished all rights to the child. So he he's aware of having a son, but he, you know, once yeah. she, she either found out she was pregnant or was having the baby, he relinquished all rights to the child, to her. Sold the child. <laughs> well, not sold. Not yet. Sold, anyway. sold the child. Not yet. Not at <laughs> high price. <laughs> <laughs> not at that point but um yeah so soon he... to have sold the child <laughs> yes he's not um, a nice person hugh jackman in this movie he's, he's a, a very he's sloppy person. person he's he a very is. sloppy person and very selfish person which is why he would presumably just give up the rights to his child um yeah because so he could just kind of go off and live his life so we set up charlie as this very kind of messy guy who uh, does a lot of betting with his robot fighting. He's a, he, you know, is a robot fighter. Um, He's an ex-boxer he himself. Yes. And now the shift has become like robot fighters because people, and I like that they like, they get into like the history of that. Like yeah. human boxing was a thing, but people wanted more violence, wanted more brutality, wanted more entertainment factor, wanted no more, no holds bars fighting. So um that's when it shifted to i mean obviously now they're trying to kind of like play up 2020 as like a futuristic future yeah <laughs> you know where all this tech is possible yes we've been through 2020 and 2020 was not any of this <laughs> um 2020 wasn't for 2020 was a plague um so <laughs> Was, uh, just to was. get into just to get into kind of the history of this world yes now robot boxing is a thing so he has this kind of junky but good uh, robot that he takes around but he does all these bets to try to make a little bit more and the bets end up putting him in all this debt so we open with him yes. you know presumably a night of drinking uh waking up on a hangover getting a call from one of many people who he owes several thousand dollars too because of some bad bets so they set him up as this very sloppy uh gambler who's always trying to make a buck but never you know paying never back does. his debts and all this um and he's just now lost another big bet that he's made uh he could have just done the fight and gotten his money but he opted yeah. to like 
double or nothing type of situation against a man who I think he actually boxed in real life when he was a boxer and lost to. Um, so already kind of a vendetta type tension between the yeah. two of them. He has his boxer, his robot boxer ambush go up against an actual bull. <laughs> and yes, that's, his, 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 this. I don't know how this has been allowed to happen. <laughs> right. But it's like, a, it's, animals it's like with <laughs> robots. Yes. It's like a country fair. So it's not like a legit type of fight. Um, so it also yeah. kind of shows like the the types of fights that Charlie's reduced to at this point, like local fair type level stuff. Um, so he's he doubles or nothing's this fight, you know, um, twenty thousand if my robot beats this bull, um, and he's doing good. Ambush is actually like holding its own against this bull, giving everyone a good show, knocking down the bull. But Charlie's like getting too cocky in the audience looking at a cute girl like hey did you like that did you like that only for the bull to <laughs> break ambush in half and yeah. spit his oil juices everywhere and <laughs> charlie not only loses his his means of, of making money his robot but he also loses this bet um so he sneaks away and as he's trying to get away two men approach him and tell him hey do you remember this woman uh yeah she was my girlfriend from years ago well she died and now we have your son um so presumably you are next of kin uh so you have to go to court to figure out are you going to take him or what's going to yeah. happen so now he's stuck with this whole kind of figuring out what to do with the son that he has so he gets he sneaks away <laughs> um and and uh stiffs the 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 bet that is due and uh goes which to they're court. not happy about obviously no definitely not and so then now he has to kind of figure out what the plan is with his son, which now we get into the selling of the son situation. The selling of the son situation. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, just it's even this opening. appropriate to <laughs> sell human beings, Hugh Jackman. Yes. It shouldn't be done. <laughs> no. But, I mean, it even this opening. outlawed centuries ago. <laughs> yes. Um, so, even this opening, like, how did you feel about meeting Charlie? How they kind of laid out his character? Um this setup was it already kind of like um going against your your original expectations of this movie well absolutely it was going against my original expectations because i i just i think i i thought this movie would be a, a simpler movie than it is in terms of its characterization i think it's its characterization of charlie is very mature very layered for the type of movie i was expecting and then it obviously became the type of movie it actually is and i was giving it unfair you know unfair due really um but i like hugh jackman in these kind of roles yeah you know, i think he's very good i mean he's very good at playing most anything but he is very good at playing wholesome and hearty but very gruff at the same time he is a an aggressive kind of aggressive guy with the heart underneath, epitomized by Wolverine and Logan. And yes, like and that. he's he's able to play it like you know. You really should not like this guy, but you're just you do still kind of like him. Yeah, but you're just frustrated with him more than anything else because he's making such stupid decisions. So but, he plays like, it so well, like this... you could really just hate this guy and think he's such an idiot but you're more yeah. just like oh why are you doing this you seem like you have 
you know, a good head on your shoulders. You have, you know, a good direction you can move in, but you're just making these dumb choices. And it's that that I think is a little bit different for Hugh Jackman in this movie. The fact that he is ultimately playing a deeply unlikable person, but he's able to make you, through his own persona, his own charisma, Want his own for him. <laughs> individual charm, he's able to make you watching it, yes, want better for him, but really become endeared to him. Yeah. Even though he's constantly, and I do—I I mean constantly, like he has a character out where he becomes a little bit more kind of self-aware of his own problems. And yes, okay, by the end of the movie, him and his son have a genuine relationship. But has he become less of a sloppy gambler person? No. Not by the end of this movie. He's still that. He's just a little bit more aware of what he's doing. He's not exactly going to stop. He's not, you know, Mr. Rogers all of a sudden. Which is, is why I think what happens... person ever. Yes, which is why I think what happens with Max by the end makes sense. Like, it could he have does. gone the very stereotypical route based on kind of the bond that happens between the two of them through the course of the film... But by the end, we still see him going in the more responsible direction. So I like, you know, that for the character. I like that for the story, not doing the easy thing and having like Max stay with him because presumably, you know, he hasn't, like you said, he hasn't made a complete, you know, turnaround. He's still always going to be that person, but he is more aware of the decisions he's making and he cares more. He cares more. He's trying to better himself for yes. his son that he now not only knows fully exists, but yes. yes, okay, he knows he exists, but he'd never really met him. Yes, but he and he knows, but he knows in the end he's not capable of really fully being that yeah. father. So he he gives Max to his you know his aunt to to Max's aunt um, because he knows that would be a better you know full better life. Yes, a better life for Max in general. But he still wants to be in his life in some capacity and, and, and still keep well, in, in, in presumably the robot boxing <laughs> capacity because, oh, there's such a good robot boxing team, even though there's <laughs> there's arguments, there's situations of finding. Well, the, doesn't he take him? I mean, Hugh Jackman, doesn't Hugh Jackman take Max on a, a, a burglary mission? Is it like he's trying to steal some robot parts from some warehouse and Max stumbles upon our protagonist robot in the movies? Like, oh, I want to. Yes, I mean, he does. He does ask him. He does ask him to stay in the truck, but Max wants to come with. So he he tries not to get Max involved as as lazily as he does try, but he does try. Um, So, yes, it's now a situation where. Max's aunt, the his mother's sister, who who the sister who passed away, want has a very wealthy husband. They want yeah. to adopt Max. Um, they could give him a good life. Um, Charlie shows up. He's just like ready to sign away his rights. Selling but then, child. yes. But then when what? he sees kind of an opportunity there, he talks to um, the aunt's husband and makes an arrangement with him. He's like, you know, I could uh you know take custody of him and then just put him in foster care 
and then you know yeah. your wife would never see him again but if you really want him pay me and i will sign over rights right now yeah <laughs> so he makes this deal with the rich husband. he's just like how how low can you go right very low i need the money <laughs> And the husband, he's like, I want Max as well. We, you know, whatever will make my wife happy. But we have this Italy trip planned for the whole oh, summer yes. with my friends. And I don't want to have to deal with having a child at that time. So after the summer, that's perfect. So if you can, like, keep him for the summer and then we can get him in August after the summer's done, that'd be perfect. So then Hugh Jackman, Charlie is upping now the price to, I think he was originally like 50000 or something like that. Or, yeah. Or, uh yeah and then he like ups the price to a hundred thousand a hundred thousand and i'll keep the kid for the summer and then you come take him at the end of it and i it's will sign Max custody finds out about this and <laughs> yes i will sign custody problem. over to you no problem so he makes this deal basically selling charlie to these people on the down low only has this conversation with the husband so the aunt has no idea yeah. um so he's like, I'll give you 50000 tonight when we drop off Max and 50000 when we come back, you know, at the end of the summer. So since Charlie's robot ambush was completely destroyed, he's looking to buy a new robot. He finds this robot, um, like a really popular robot from, you know, earlier in the, in the early years of the robot fighting scene. Noisy boy. And he's going to yeah. buy it for $45,000. So um, he wants to buy this robot the robot is being delivered to this gym uh the gym is owned by evangeline lily our love interest in the movie her yes. father trained hugh jackman during the human boxing era <laughs> so she's known him like all you know all her life she's known him for a long time through her father her father has passed she's trying to keep this gym alive charlie's one of you know she is one of the many people <laughs> that charlie owes money to um and yes, she's like, but you can see, you, you can see there is a long-standing kind of there's a long-standing relationship there. Yeah. Whether it's necessarily always been love interest or yeah. not is is tough to say, but there's certainly closeness between yeah. the two of them, long-standing closeness. And that I think you they can do, see. and this is because, and it's said in the movie. And it's perfectly understandable. This is because of Charlie's closeness to Evangeline Lilly's father, his trainer. Yeah. Um, clearly had a very, very good relationship because Charlie, by all accounts, was a reasonably successful boxer. Yeah, and I love the moments when we see Evangeline Lilly actually talking about seeing Charlie fight. Like she gets really emotional and gets really excited and it, you know, and so we get this picture of this sloppy man, like really yeah. having a moment of really being successful and really being a good fighter and, and like having his fighting really impress people and get excited about him and, and uh, feeling like, wow, this guy had a moment of being like a star. Um, yeah. So I like, Almost I like the how she ruined him <laughs> yes. by coming along. Well, Yes. So I like the I like when they have those moments of her really talking about his fighting to illustrate to us like how good he was at, at one time and and yeah. maybe, you know, the fall of that human fighting um 
well, clearly kind of kind of informed clearly. yeah if, and informed him being kind of this this mess of a person that he is now it probably did because he he, he lost you know he, he's not you know he's not uh, he's not depicted as an older man as a middle-aged man even he's no. depicted as somebody that could probably still still continue fighting fight. he's still in good shape and, and everything and, and i and certainly could have Certainly could have five years before or, or seven years before whenever robot boxing became the norm as opposed to human boxing. Certainly could have at that point. So it probably does have psychological, you know, a psychological impact. Yeah, because even Chapman, when he... Which is why he has become the way kind he of, has become. Yes. Um, and, and even when he walks in on her talking about him, he just brushes it off. Like, no, I lost a, a ton. You know, that fight that she's talking about where I fought so great, I ended up getting knocked out in the end anyway. So um, not impressive, of, uh, not impressive at all. So he's very much writing off his accomplishments. She's trying yeah. to talk him up. He really doesn't want to hear it. But she's still talking up his record. Like, he did have losses, but every win he had was a knockout. I think his record was 24-19 when he, like, ended boxing. Yeah. Um, so she's like really talking excitedly about how great he was and he just brushes it off like it's not a big deal. Like he really didn't accomplish anything. But she's talking, of course, to Max. Yeah. Who is only just now starting to learn a bit more about. Yes. And has only seen and has only seen this like really kind of sad version of this yeah. person and who doesn't seem really like he cares not... who's very selfish and so when she's hearing how great of a fighter he was he's getting excited about yeah. this person as well but you know at this point in the movie max is is very unenthused by his own father should we say he, yeah. he, he's not really he doesn't really like him a great deal he sees very little there but does Upon learning these things, it's almost something clicks within Max, the childhood, whether it's the childhood need, the childhood kind of want of family, and obviously he's gone through a tough time himself with his mother dying. Yeah. Um, that he just kind of wants Hugh Jackman to be the good dad he needs. But he, at 11 years old is seeing that oh, this guy, this guy's a waste of time. You know, who is this guy? I don't want to deal with this guy. Um, yeah. And so, so he's like, having I arguments love... with him. He's shouting at him. He's kind of ranting to Hugh Jackman at times in this movie yeah. about how poor of a dad he's been. And you've got to give credit to this 11-year-old kid for just having all this to say and all this intelligence to come and out not being scared the psychological to say intelligence yeah and he's like i think it. he says to him like all all i ever wanted you to do was care or like you know worry yeah. about me or something um so yeah like when max first gets dropped off he realizes what's happening that um i think the husband's name is marvin paid him to take him so then he's like you just sold me like what yeah so i like that he's aware of it and he's just like i want half of that money <laughs> you know yeah i will just hold back either yes so that already kind of sets off this contentious kind of relationship between them he realizes kind of what hugh jackson has done what the situation is um but then the kind of first moment of them kind of not being like at odds with each other is when you know he uses that money buys the robot the robot is dropped off max evangeline lily and uh 
Charlie, they're looking at it and, and kind of appraising it. And that's when kind of they all have this common ground of, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. And they're how not kind of fighting. Exactly <laughs> yes. And they're all kind robot. of working together to figure out how it works and all of these things. Charlie actually, or uh, Max is instrumental in figuring something out about the robot. So this is like the one thing right off the bat. So I like that this kind of illustrates that this is kind of the thing that's going to bring them together because yeah. first meeting, they're already kind of at each other's throats. And then the one moment of calm and kind of like collective, like, wow, this is cool. Is this robot is seeing a yeah, robot with the, talking with about into it. Robots. Yes. So that is kind of the in to start the, the bonding process between the two of them. It is now, unfortunately, Dear sweet, poor old noisy boy, the robot doesn't last too long, does he? Poor old <laughs> no, because you Jackman, guy. <laughs> he immediately wants to throw him into a fight. Um, and a big fight as well. Yes, it's like this it, underground fighting arena run by Anthony Mackie, who I forgot was in this movie. Um, yeah. Because I haven't seen this in a long time. Um, so he immediately, and Charlie's like telling him, no, just take a smaller fight. Noisy boy can beat someone easy and we can work our way up and make a, a little bit of money here. Like Charlie's like actually giving like some sound advice, but no, Charlie wants to do his double or nothing nonsense. You know, give me the, the, the biggest, baddest robot to fight for the biggest amount of yeah. money. And a noisy boy will win. Yes. Mm, no, no, we no. Won't. So noisy boy. And it's like, he's just using like, I think this robot uses like basic preset voice command moves and things like that so yeah. there's not really any it's not skill. the most advanced robot no boxer. it's very kind of lazy like you're just telling it these different things to do without really kind of knowing maybe what a lot of them even mean um well, to be fair to noisy boy he seems to get the crowd up he seems to be a popular old yeah. fighter but yeah. that's you know, he's an old fighter. He's, he's dated at this point and, you know, technologically dated because throughout the movie, we kind of get our supposed villain, but they're a pretty weak villain, really. I think th this movie has, yeah. which is our, our hyped up Japanese kind of, are they Japanese? I think so. Well, I think that um, the creator is. The, guy the creator is Japanese. Midas, I think is that, that's, that was the problem. Um, this this hugely new tech, you know, technological beast of a robot that, that's got all these advanced things like nobody's ever seen before. Oh, what an impressive specimen. And it's of constantly metal. like learning, you know, from yeah. fights and things like that. Um, so yes, they're in this kind of underground fight pit and yeah, noisy boy. Like instead of actually taking the time to learn how to use this robot, learn how to oh, use yeah, they don't controls do and the move. No, Charlie's just, you know, I need to get to the next fight. I need to make some money. He just goes in there with not very much knowledge. And Noisy Boy proceeds to get ripped to pieces. Um, so now he's out yeah. a second robot. Charlie's telling him, you should have listened to me. Like, you didn't even know what half of those controls were. Max, like, Max, he's Max. Oh, he's Max, sorry. Um, Max is telling him, you know, why, why would you just jump into this? You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know what these controls were. Um, so we actually get, like, hints of seeing how kind of knowledgeable Max is is at this like he has a yeah. good thought a good head for this type of kind of uh work in in robot boxing but 
Charlie's very stubborn. He's not going to listen to him, especially from this kid. Like he doesn't want to hear it. He doesn't want to hear that he's wrong. And he, he, you know, this is his own fault. Um, so now he's like, okay, well, I'm desperate. Now I have to go to the salvage yard, like sneak into the yeah. salvage yard and steal robot this parts to build, yes, to build something because he's just like, he can't just sit still. He has to like fight so he can play, yeah. make money and pay off his debts and whatever else. Um, what happens here, though, is that Max finds himself a, a, a first generation. But then there's also robot yes so this is where uh charlie is explaining kind of what happened in the fighting world the shift to yes uh robot boxing people wanted more violence and, and so robots were an easier way to just get kind of crazy fights where you know um you could just go as hard as you wanted to go um and max actually fall it's raining max falls off a cliff and he almost dies and then he yeah gets I, I don't caught. know why i don't know why this um this industrial scrapyard is, is is on the edge of a cliff. It seems to be a very unusual place to put a load of scrap metal. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, if not yeah. just put there for to, to give the movie an action sequence, which is probably why it probably was there. Was, if we're being yes. honest with you, because yes, who I'm, I'm puts sure. a big warehouse full of metal on the edge of a cliff? Yes, that also is prone to landslides when it rains. So, Mm. yes, Max does fall off this cliff. It's raining. He's sliding down and he is about to go over the edge when he gets caught on something. And it's the arm of this old robot buried in the dirt, um, buried in in the mud. Um, so, and it also kind of is a bit of a more bonding moment with the, with Max and Charlie as it is. Yeah. You know, care there, you know, yes. I don't want my own son to die horribly falling off. <laughs> yes. A cliff, obviously. So he does help. He saves Max, um, and grabs him and they're kind of in this embrace for a little bit, you know, they and are Charlie's bad. like trying to calm yeah. himself down, trying to calm max down and they have this moment where they're kind of embracing each other like you're okay you're okay and a very kind of fathery son moment that you know we're not expecting yet because they're still kind of not (laughs) on board with each other um but then in this moment uh they're back at it because max realizes that is, he got caught up on this robot that this robot potentially like saved him and he wants to dig it robot now (laughs) yes i want to dig this out and Charlie's like, no, you almost died. I'm not going to help you dig this thing out. So Charlie just leaves him. So Max spends the whole night digging out this robot on his own. Um, and so I like when we see Charlie kind of just waiting for him to come back from digging this thing out. Um, Max just starts like hitting him. Like, you left me to do this by myself. I was up all like, you, we don't hear him say any of that. Like, it actually goes quiet and you just see Max like punching at, yeah. <laughs> punching at Charlie for not helping him. Um, so yeah, he, he saves this, this robot. They take it back to the gym, take a look at it. And they realize it's like a first generation sparring robot. So it's, um, meant to take a lot of damage because it's sparring robot. So it can take a lot of hits, but it's not really a fighting robot. And it's also has this mimicking technology where it will copy your movements. Yeah. I mean, here is where we get the boxing movie underdog story, really, with yeah. Atom, as they 
call the this robot this new robot they've dug up there's also arguments because charlie's giving it all the oh he's just a sparring robot you can't fight with with this piece of junk and all this business and Maxie's give the guy a chance dad basically yeah give him a fight just give him a fight can we get him a fight and like eventually and charlie are like are like no like i don't think he's gonna do good in a fight like nobody has believes in this robot because he but he like believes there's something alive in adam and he gives him that name because he like when he's hosing him down all the dirt off of him he sees like it says adam is like the brand of him or whatever that's yeah um on there so that's how he gets his name um, but he actually like sees this robot as kind of a friend. Um, so we see them absolutely kind of, like, going on our little walk with him, and really just. I mean, you these know, robots having... aren't. These, you know, these robots aren't sentient in this movie. They they are entirely controlled. Yes, but they do kind of give Adam this face where you know he feels like you know he's looking at you like they kind of like scratch the surface of like the metal over his face. So it kind of looks like he's smiling, you know? Yeah. And um, because he has the the mimicry in there and he's kind of the way Atom's controlled is by you, the controller moving around with these kind of holding these things, wearing this little bit of a headset sort of thing. Yeah. And arms, you know, he has human esque movements because yes, if when Max is kind of walking around, Atom's just walking around in the same technique exactly, directly next yes. to him. So, like, so they it's do, fun. They do, do a yeah. lot to humanize Atom, actually, which is is good. And I mean, they turn him as the robot into the the underdog fighter of the movie, while still having the underdog nature of of Charlie struggling and and you know, wanting success, wanting obviously financial success in terms of Charlie and yeah. Max and just just wanting a family. Yeah. So there's kind of three underdog stories all at play. And I mean, what is a boxing movie without an underdog story? Exactly. Especially <laughs> given the fact that you, you just brought it up. Atom is built to take as much damage as possible. What does Rocky Balboa do? It's not about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Yes. This is just the same said. thing. It's yes, like, well, he's the perfect Atom robot. can be for that. hit the hardest possible and, and keep still going keep because getting that's up. What he's built for. And I like that they really kind of humanize this robot. We, like, we've established that there's no sentience there. And adam's only following commands and following mimicry but um they still make him feel like he understands max they make it feel like you have this iron giant connection somehow so it i like that they invoke that yes so i like that they invoke that even when it's not that's not what's happening you know because there's moments when Adam won't get up, but then when he hears Max say, get up, Adam, then we yeah. immediately see, like, he won't get up. Everyone's like, get up, get up, get up. And he doesn't until he hears Max say it. And then he, his eyes light up, he gets back up again. So, like, they do things like that that really, you know, make you feel something for this robot that's really not even supposed to be seen as alive, you know? Um, so I really like that they're able job. to make us kind of feel that and feel the underdog and really, like, love this 
robot as much as Max does. So I love that they They're get not- us to see Adam through Max's eyes. I think that's a really yeah. fun element. There's a lot of emotional points of the movie that, that are very typical, that are yes. absolutely nothing new. But I think typical things are only ever typical because they always work. Yeah. Something doesn't become so used if it doesn't If it work. doesn't work. Exactly. It can become, you know, it can make you feel like, oh, I've seen this movie before. And yeah. You know, in a formula sense, you have seen this movie before, but you've not seen this movie before in the setting, in this, in these circumstances. And with this very specific tone that it has of robot boxing that's being taken so seriously, robot yeah. boxing would usually be taken in a silly vein in a movie, but they are treated like prize fighters yeah they're treated like people like top athletes and it's fascinating really to have this movie treat itself so seriously as it does but and to have all those typical boxing movie elements put on something not human but it still works. But you're still feeling that emotion. Them. Yeah. It's really fun. And then, like, you know, we see. Um, and the fights Max, themselves. I mean, the fights yeah, are themselves really well are great. Yes. Um, we see Max uh, kind of doing a dance with, with Adam. Yes. He's a, dancing in Adam. Yes. Well, I mean, it's just kind of like, what can we do Entrance to. Dance, yeah. What, yeah. What can we do to kind of win uh, Adam over with the people? Because he's this tiny little robot run by this kid. Like, how are we going to get people on board with this little robot that could type thing? So they do do their first couple fights. Like, like they go to the zoo, which is like very kind of also an underground kind of non-official type fighting setting. Uh, looked down upon is the zoo. Yes, is a because Max, arena. you know, is Max is determined to get Adam a fight. Like, I want him to fight. Um... So they do, I think they, um, Max actually takes the initiative of putting some of the parts from Ambush and some of the parts from Noisy Boy yes. into Adam to actually to give him a fight as a fighter. Yes. So he has the mimicry now. He has different kind of fighting combinations in him. And yeah. now we can control him like with a controller, like a regular kind of fighting bot. So and with the voice. Yes. So Adam, uh, so Max won't, like let it alone i need to have a fight so so charlie relents and says fine i'll take you here to this zoo um for this underground fight so they fight this guy guy's robot they do this whole and then max is kind of like being a little bit like charlie (laughs) like they take this fight like a thousand dollars whoever wins or i think the 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 deal is like a thousand dollars if he like survives one round Basically. Yeah, because this, not even yeah. if he wins the fight, just if he because, because nobody he believes. And Adam is a smaller robot as well, so nobody yeah. believes this small robot, this sparring bot run by this kid, is going to survive anything. So it's really a thousand dollars for just surviving the round. Um, and it's like this great buildup of a fight. Adam ends up surviving. The crowd is kind of behind him, um, and then the competitor is like, "Okay, double or nothing, two thousand you know, if we can keep going. Yeah. And 
Max, Charlie is the one like, no, just take the money and run, kid. But no, Charlie's like, no, or Max is like, no, I, I have faith in Adam. We can do this. And then, of course, Adam ends up winning and yes. he wins in some money. And, and now goes on from there. Yes. And that builds the relationship because Max is like, wow, this kid is, is you know, really has an eye for this stuff. And and that's what kind of seals their bond. And and Charlie gets behind Adam and really, you know, sees what Max is doing with him and really impressed with him. And so this is kind of them deciding to fight Adam professionally yeah. and so they work his way up and show the training with him and I think um there's this is good training montages yes, there's good fighting montages montage. so we see Adam working his way up and becoming really popular with the people and he's kind of like you know this underdog robot everybody's talking about him he's getting bigger Always fights and winning around. he's coming in doing the dancing entrance because Charlie's like I think the people would love that do that dance with him yeah. with, as the entrance so he does this dance and people are really having fun with Adam and so yeah we get this whole montage and we actually this is where the first moment we actually do see um charlie kind of doing the mimicking fight moves with, yes. with adam as well so um yeah that's kind of like a foreshadowing of what we're going to see kind of in the big finale so yeah yeah we get this cool we actually get a you know fighting learning fi you know montage uh of all the fights yeah, adam's been getting and how his popularity is growing and it's really fun and i think really well done and, and it's showing it's the bond growing between charlie and max and um you know the kind of bond growing between evangeline lily like her kind of getting back on track with her relationship with charlie like he sends her the money that he's owed her and yeah. all of these things and so yeah I, I think if i'm if i'm honest the 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 romance angle between charlie and evangeline lily doesn't need to be in the movie really no but you know a movie like this always has to have kind of have that through line situation it does. and we need it does. someone it's to like, see we need someone like to sometimes. reveal to us who charlie used to be so she's Very there true. for that purpose and it's evangeline lily who's gorgeous so and and hugh jackman who's also gorgeous so i, I do not dispute any <laughs> of this i do not dispute any of this <clears throat> it could have just been a friend though and the exact same points would have made. It's as though at times I feel that they've thrown a romantic element into something that could have just been a form of friendship or an old friendship. Like, was there any need for it to be a romance? Does it actually go anywhere? No, not really. There's a kiss. And it's just like, okay, this is, I'm used to this kind of thing. I mean, for God's sake. Old movies everything. that I always, old movies that I always watch, noir movies, criminal noir movies about lawmen and corrupt businessmen, somehow will have a romantic plot in there somewhere. Yes, and it doesn't make like an eighty-minute movie. Why is there a romance? It's got no relevance <laughs> to anything that's happening in this movie. Like Why there's it. a romance? People, because people, people like me need that people like me well, like a romance that. movie then. <laughs> um i, you I know me looking I for romance that. and everything because <laughs> I, I love that. it so and much I, so I, it's, it's understandable like i think it's like they just can't comprehend they don't think like a normal audience could co comprehend how these two attractive people aren't sucking face at some point <laughs> i think that's just what Freak movies have done to us thought. it probably <laughs> is what movies have done to us but 
I understand why he's there, obviously. And it, I'm yes, not saying it doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> he doesn't need to be there. It would still work without it. Yeah, it would still work. Work the exact same way without it. The movie exactly. would be the exact but, same without it. Yes, but cinema has given us those cues. A story like this, it has. But the relationship I care about in this movie is the is Max, Max Charlie Atom yes. trifecta. Unfortunately yes. for Evangeline Lilly, she's a little bit secondary. Yes. Um, which is fine because we do want to keep the focus where where that core is with with those three. Um, well, like so... we say, at, at this point in the movie, there's a lot of fighting sequences. There's a lot of training montages and these kind of things. I do think these things are done really, really well. I really get into the actual physical fights in this movie. There's quite yeah. a number of them that we see. There's there's a good five, I think that. Uh, reasonably played out um not just atoms ones but throughout the whole movie that you actually see robots kind of fighting yeah. each other and we see kind of the big bad robot at the end which we i do. think is yes, his name midas or am i just, i think uh, so yeah no i think um so. He, so we see like his fight history of just like you know no other robot really ever landing a shot on him him having all this technology designed by this a once retired famous robot designer who's now come out of retirement to to build this one. Yeah, um, he's got all the big... all the best technology. Yes, Not at all a, a, an an Ivan Drago replacement. No, not at all. Not at no, all. Not at all. <laughs> yes, because they were even playing that like he's like uh, the man who's trained with the best technology, <laughs> like type thing in yes. that movie. So and. <laughs> Do they or do they not? Where is the where is Midas's or who is she in this movie? Is she, is she the owner of She's Midas? Like, I think it's like manager? I think it's like a big like it's the, Midas is from a big kind of corporation yeah. run by this woman's father. So now she's kind of taken over this division, and so yes, a very cold, attractive, uh, serious business type woman with an accent being the face of of this this fighter yes. not <laughs> Very, at all not at all Ivan Drago. <laughs> and brigitte yeah and not brigitte. at all <laughs> not um, at all no not at all um so now we're at this kind of big fight that adam has just surprisingly won like the crowds behind him the people love him the news reports and all things are talking about him max yeah. and charlie are fully kind of bonded they made a lot of money on this fight and then here comes back the guy from the fair at the beginning who, oh yeah <laughs> who hugh jackman did not uh pay that bet to so instead of just asking hugh jackman hey dude where's my money he has all of him and his dudes beat up hugh jackman even like beat up char uh, beat up um, beat up Max a little bit as well and steal and they split the money like Max and um, Charlie split the money they won yeah but the guys like kind of beat up Max and steal his money and you know and then they beat up Charlie and take his money as well we shouldn't um, be beating up children no so then this is what has Charlie be like I was wrong to bring you into this like you know this is not there's a good environment for you danger, <laughs> yes yes i never wanted you to get hurt so then he promptly gives 
uh, Max back to the aunt and the husband, Marvin. Marvin even tries to give him the second half of the money. And at this point, like, Charlie's like, no, I'm not taking your money. But also, Max is really upset by this. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, no, I want to stay with you. I want to see this out. Like, I I love being with you. And I'm, like, actually enjoying my time with you. And I see that you actually care. And that's all I've ever wanted. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the, like, it was me really just wanting to you know, yeah. have that relationship with you. So and Max Hugh Jackman's is, giving it the no, you deserve better than better. me. I'm worthless. Yes. Spiel. And Charlie just being upset and feeling abandoned all over again by him. So some really strong emotion playing into this kind of final scene and Charlie realizing this is not a life for Max and Max like so steeped into the life and loving what they've been doing together that he doesn't want to give up on it. Um and so that's kind of where Hugh Jackman kind of skulks back off to Evangeline Lilly and they kind of work out their relationship. Yes. So he has a shoulder to cry on. He does. That's he why does. she's there as well, I guess. Poor um, Evangeline Lilly not having more to do. Yes. Than so then Hugh Jackman's <laughs> shoulder to cry on. Yes. <laughs> so then they do actually get word that the Midas people want to fight Adam. Yeah. So that's when, you know, Charlie goes to Max and does say, hey, can we just do this one last thing together? Um, And obviously, Charlie's still kind of a little bit mad. The aunt's like, you know, what, you shouldn't be here. And it's that whole kind of thing that usually will play out in a situation like this in a movie. Um, But then ultimately, she allows Charlie to do this one last thing with Max. And they go and have this big Midas fight. So now we get to our big final fight of the movie. Well, there's not a big final fight that the entire movie's been building up to, is the Janine? No, not at all. (laughs) About robots, surely not. Um, not at all. do you know what? I've only watched four fighting movies so far this month. One for the main show, and three now for for this show. Uh, and they are just all formatted the exact same. Yes, they're all like even this movie with robots. Same is very, very. So this is where it gets very formulaic, but still a lot of emotion in this this fight. Um, so we do have our terrible fair man in the crowd for the fight and being very racist to anthony mackie unnecessarily he shows up and says he wants to make a bet that adam won't even survive to round two and i think he bets like two thousand dollars twenty thousand dollars that adam won't i don't know why this guy's so horrible and he just um, keeps calling anthony mackie homie homeboy like just to be condescending and racist. So we really set him up as this really terrible guy. So he... I mean, um, he, he is, but I don't know why. We've already seen this person beat up a child and beat Hugh Jackman very, very badly, like, to serious injury, and just be really unnecessary at the beginning of the movie as well. Why we need to bring him back now... Just to, be to further his <laughs> annoyance, when surely this final fight should be building to the Midas people as the as villain, the villain, yeah, rather than him who seems yes. to be a, a the villain more so, really. Because what are the Midas people actually doing wrong? They're just there. They're, they're just really there doing a fight. It- Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know why they bring him back to kind of be this villain. So he's very cocky, being very kind of condescending and racist to Anthony Mackie and tells him, you know, 
here's my seat number so bring me my money when that happens because he's very kind of homeboy yes um so then we do get into the fight and this is where adam's sparring bot nature is really saving Mm. him so he's taking a lot of hits midas is coming really hard but even we have um charlie talking about how uh he can't take much more of this because midas is just hitting him really hard and, and, and it's really strong um but luckily you know it's a very tense build up Adam, you know, gets knocked down a couple of times. We do get the moments of Max kind of him hearing Max, you know, magically get up and he gets up. Magically. And, you know, and Ma- stays through in the it. power of childhood <laughs> love. Yes. Adam. You're able to continue the fight. <laughs> Adam seemingly only kind of comes out. God, of you can when, tell Spielberg and Zemeckis did do. We're involved in some way. Guy. Yes. My God. <laughs> So Adam does survive the first round. So then we have uh, our fair guy trying to sneak away because he now he knows he lost the bet. But because he told Anthony yeah. Mackey where his seat is, <laughs> he, yeah. he has to pay his due. And so we get our little comeuppance for him. And then he's out of the movie. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what the point of that was. But, um, okay. So, so I guess just to, like. just to get some, you know, come up and ending for this guy who did i guess so i guess so i liked that phil lamar was one of the commentators on this final fight because you never see him with his actual (laughs) face yeah (laughs) famous voice actor and also in pulp fiction phil lamar oh yes yes yeah, he's uh, he's you shot Marvin in the he's Marvin. He's you, you shot Marvin yeah. in the face. I don't even have an opinion. <laughs> yes, that's exactly yeah. who Phil Lamar is. Yeah. Um, so well, you never see um, reality his face in movies because he's yeah. always just a voice. Yeah, or his so face nice. is getting blown off. So, um, or blown <laughs> off, or or playing the Green Lantern. Yes, uh, <laughs> or, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, we do get Adam surviving the first round. Uh, he's having trouble struggling through the other rounds, really. But Hugh Jackman kind of takes over. Charlie takes over and is calling commands and keeping him in it. And then yeah, it gets like to the point where takes over, doesn't he? he's like, well, he has to because I think something happens. Midas hits him so hard that it messes up the voice commands. So he yeah. can't hear the voice commands. So they have to go to the mimicking. So now Charlie is actually physically fighting doing the moves for adam so we get to see charlie fight again and then we have these like really emotional moments that actually made me kind of well up a little bit of evangeline lily in the crowd getting emotional seeing charlie kind of fighting again and max seeing his dad fighting again and seeing like it's actually making a difference like he's coming hard at midas like people are even saying um you know the commentators are talking about like midas actually looks tired (laughs) Yeah, you know, and so it's just like let's, this really let's, sweet let's moment. Actually, we, we haven't brought up the fact as well that Midas has two heads. What? Midas has two heads. Is Midas not the one who has two heads? No, that was the big fight they won all that money in. Be- Are that you sure cow- that cowboy guy stole? Yeah. Oh. That robot, like there was someone a robot, has like, two heads. Why is there a robot with two heads anyway? I think this robot with three heads is the one that they bought, they beat, that they made three all the heads. Money. I think I had like two or three heads. Two, three, two, two. 
Why is the robots with multiple heads? Yes. Stop so pretending this to is be the an one. Alien. This was the biggest fight they had up to date where they before they got beat up and the money stolen, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um I don't know <laughs> anyway. There's a robot with more than one head, and I just thought yes. that was weird and I wanted to bring it up. That was all weird. <laughs> yes. So um yeah, because of Charlie actually boxing for Adam, they're gaining some ground. And yeah. he ends up actually knocking Midas down by the end. So then it comes down to d- the decision. Um, and yeah, it's just like emotional sl- slow-mo moment where we see Charlie doing all the moves. like, And then we kind of see the layer of Adam mimicking the same moves. Yeah. We see Am- Evangeline Lily looking at him with tears in her eyes and Max the same thing. And so it's a very emotional moment. Like, I really, it got me. It got me. Okay. Um, <laughs> and by the end of the fight, Adam does knock down Midas. So it comes down to the decision. And obviously, yeah, there's like some bias there and probably some kind of shady, shady happening. But and they give the decision to my backhand dealings, check his so it's very much envelopes. very much like a Rocky movie in that our yeah, underdog Rocky, lo- Rocky <laughs> lost, didn't he? Exactly, in Rocky. Um, but he won the crowd and people were behind him and people were yeah. questioning Creed's uh skill Win. in terms yeah. of almost almost losing. So the same thing happens here. People kind of question how good Midas is, that this little robot could you know, gain that much ground on him when no robot could ever even stand one round with him. Um, so he kind of becomes the people's champion, um, even though he loses. And obviously our villains uh, look kind of annoyed and frustrated that this they happened. Stormed off <laughs> they just storm off, no even comment. though they won. And like even when they win the decision, like a bunch of boos happen. Yeah. Um, so people the are behind. The champ is Adam. Yes. yes. So we do get a great moment with uh, Adam kind of winning for the people and, and winning the yes. crowd and end the movie. Yeah. Yes. So just very positive. Very, a lot of elements different and interesting while also still having that formula, which you kind of question how could you do this formula with a movie like this but it works you really do. well or does, you know I was not that you couldn't do it but how would it play would it play as well as it does in an actual boxing movie with people and it does surprisingly so. it, it, it really does it is surprising it it did pleasantly surprise me with how genuine it was because i like silly movies I do like, I like silly movies, I like genuine movies, but when you're expecting a silly movie and you get a genuine movie, it has to be a good genuine movie <laughs> for you to not be disappointed that it wasn't a silly movie. Yes. And this was a good genuine movie, yes, okay, there was a little bit of an aesthetic thing that I didn't love the look of, even though I think the effects themselves, the robots themselves, both practical and I think a bit of CG, I'm sure it was nominated for an Oscar for its effects, um, were very, very good. The actual robots, the way the robots looked, the way the robots moved, were very, very yeah, good. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Um, in visual effects. Yeah. yeah. Understandably, because there's a really good blend of very obviously practical and CG and decent-looking CG. Um, it's It's... Well, really well put together. Yeah, the looks fights like are great. Mm-hmm. The emotional core works.
books, which in a story like this should always, but you still need that character performance. You still need that smart characterization. You still need it to feel humanly more different, even though obviously it's going to feel like a different type of boxing movie because we're dealing with robots, but you still need that humanity that it really does come across. It really does. It really does show that. And I think it it helps. Seeds in doing that. Yes. And I think it helps having the voices that were involved involved. We have Danny Elfman, who has done a lot of whimsical scores that invoke a lot of emotion. We have uh, executive producers, Robert Zemeckis and Mm. Steven Spielberg, whose work is all about emotional core of characters. So even though, you know, they have that executive aspect, I feel like they are people who would at least have some type of input or say, or opinion on, or suggestion on how to do things. Yeah, and Sean um, Levy as well, like you said. Yes. Who, director. Who, who, who does a lot of family-friendly films, but also can tap into some interesting, darker sides of things and, and harder emotional moments, as we've seen with Stranger Things. Um, and written by Dan Gilroy, who brother to Tony Gilroy, who wrote the best movie ever made, The Cutting Edge. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, itself um, <laughs> has a very strong sports movie emotional core. Yes, it does. So, um, yeah, Dan Gilroy, there. who also has a lot of great kind of stories in his repertoire. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think the who was involved definitely um, informed the character emotions a lot, which is, you know, when you're dealing with robots, you you want to have a human element be very strong in a story like this. And I think this movie really succeeded in that when you don't really kind of expect it to. So yeah, yeah, I really really enjoy this movie. And I think it was kind of a fun mix up of fighting movie genres in this series. So I was really curious to see how, where you would place it in your rankings by the end, what what you would think of it in terms of just a fighting movie and, and if you would enjoy it. So I just think, I just think it's a shame that I really don't love the, the actual aesthetic of the movie that like the visual look of the majority of the movie, aside from the fight scenes, I think it's just, it's the way it's color tinted. It's the way it's kind of, so clean it looks it's too it's too clean clean. it's too pretty yes it needs to be more gritty and grimy especially when we're going to like these underground boxing things and working with mechanical you know it's what i said before yeah it should be industrial Industrial. it should be a bit more gray yeah and it just i agree it just isn't so i'd like that and maybe 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 i would love this movie if you know, it was say it was released on a good, good quality physical media edition with a different color tint. Maybe okay. I'd maybe I'd really like it, but maybe it's not that. Maybe it's also to do with production design and that sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, which it probably is, to be fair. But I had a lot of fun with it, and I felt a lot of heart from it. Yay. And it was it was much more than I was expecting it to be, and I've got to give it a lot of credit for that. So applause for Real Steel. Yay! <laughs> applause for Real Steel on this episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen. Now, this is, of course, not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. We do have Monday Madness every single Monday, uh, which is our chilled-out topical show where we do reviews and trailer talk and talk about news, and movie news, TV news. Uh, have some central discussions, play some games. It's always a fun time on Monday 
madness on friday we have the main show it's a wonderful podcast where we celebrate old movies we show a lot of love to them we discover new old movies because we love doing that we love giving them a voice giving some of the slightly more underseen old movies that are yeah. still just as great as your more famous ones we, we like shoving them up the pile a little bit and going yeah you know you like this movie that's obvious and everybody's heard of it but what about this one that's just as good if not sometimes a lot better that you might not have heard of that's what we like to do on it's a wonderful podcast the main show every friday this show of course is every wednesday we are continuing our fighting movie series for the next two weeks throughout march Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed on Anchor, or as it's now referred to as Spotify for podcasters, but I don't know if it's actually still an Anchor link. I don't know. I'll be honest with you. It's called Spotify for podcasters now, but we're on Spotify regular as well, and Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, and Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, all the other places, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the YouTube channel, the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel, subscribed in the notification bells over there for Monday Madness in its full video form, as well as a whole bunch of other stuff we do and have on that YouTube channel. Um, if you want to join our Patreon or donate in any such way, there are links in the description for that, because we can't do what we do without that generous support, and we love all our It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons dearly. So if you would like to join them and join us there, there are links to do that down in the description. Or, of course, find us on social media. The show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. You can find me on Twitter at The Purple Dawn with A3 instead of the E in there. Because, Janine? There is a magic number. On Instagram and TikTok at The Purple Dawn. All your robot fighty stuff is where... Ooh. You can find me at Janine Bean underscore on Twitter, Janine Bean on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, just check the description for the link or just search It's Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. We have some really fun designs over there. And if you want to purchase my art and print from, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. I'm quite impressed that this episode's gone on for as long as it has today. I didn't think it would be. I so know. We must have had a great deal of <laughs> yeah. good stuff to say about Real Steel. Janine. I think I'm going to request today either Hugh Jackman's native accent or a robot voice. Well, Not since I am the machine. Speak. <laughs> Three, two, one. Good, yes, you sound like the robot from Rocky Fall. Bye. <laughs> Happy birthday, Polly. Bye. Bye. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>